It is. <laughs> <laughs> I probably need to put something in there to give us a few seconds. Maybe we'll do that for next week's show. But um, anyway, welcome to Book Talk. We are transitioning from Sports Talk, so now we're going to Book Talk. And Nolan and Jenny are your hosts. I know Jenny's here. I didn't see Nolan just yet. Nope, Nolan is not here. There's one in, There's one thing, but, though, you are going to want to deal with when you get a second. But Yeah, um, I think if we just blow on. But so... And Jenny, welcome. Well, thank you, and goodness... Things are going crazy. Everybody's coming and coming and they are welcome coming everyone. Quickly. <laughs> yeah. We welcome everyone. And it seems like this is the fastest hour of the week, but um, hope everyone's at least read one good book this week. I know I've been been reading and I I thought today if anyone has um it uh, their favorite book series. I'm one of those people, I have so many series that I'm reading, but I know that people have a favorite series that they just can't wait till the next book comes out, so I'm always interested to know what those are. And Okay, I just put Sherry in. I think we should be good now, so no we one should, should be, be able to unmute. Now. I hope. And and I know no one's here. Yep. Oh, he. I may have to unmute Nolan, and I just did. And let's see. Hey, I think it worked. I think it worked. Yeah. We've, we've got an issue going on here in the background, and we're trying to deal with I, that. And I have arrivenated. That's a good thing. You, you can compete with the person coming and going. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Those things happen, those network bandwidth things. This uh, mess last week that I faced where I couldn't unmute was an easy fix once I asked some intelligent people about how to fix it, um, it was great. You just tap F6 until you get to the notice about that this is being recorded and you embrace the OK button there with enter and it'll then let you unmute or do whatever you need to do. So that was your problem. That was my problem. And I didn't realize I had to press F6 to get to that notice. Uh, well, sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes... If you land just right and jaws right, up, right, right in there and tab over to you'll you. get to that got it button. And, and right, can... and they've changed that. It's now an okay button if you do the most recent update. And but either way, it's the same thing, same dumb button. The same. And some of this, uh, shall we say, we don't want to digress here, but some of the scripts, well, there's jaws 24 now, of course, but some of the scripts. I don't know. We've had a little bit more of a bumpy ride this time. But yeah. we're here. 
I'm using the Brian Hartgen scripts for this. It, I really like those. Well, I do too, except... They work really well. Yeah. And I, I paid remember, for them, but Bill, they were worth it. Did I start the recording, Bill? Do you remember? Uh, no, I don't think... Well, you, it says it's being recorded. Oh, okay, does it? Okay, okay then well, then, then it's good. being recorded. You're good. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so everybody, maybe we, everybody was maybe, coming in all at one time, so sometimes maybe, you forget what you did. Maybe we did better get do. this train wreck started before there it really go. falls off the tracks. <laughs> <laughs> They'll close the so, book before they open it. <laughs> so what have you got to start us with, Jennifer? Well, I read this book um, called The Cove, and it's um, by Catherine Coulter, and it's the first book in the um, FBI thriller series. And then this one, uh, this Sally Brainerd, she's been in a... The, she was placed in a sanat sanatorium after her father was murdered and they've been drugging her and she finally figures out a way to sleep, sneakily not take the pills so she can escape and people and she goes to her aunt's house in this little town called the Cove and she thinks she'll be safe there because she thinks that people are looking for her because they think that she knows who killed her father. Well, the, she meets this nice man who says he will help protect her, and she kind of starts to fall for him, and, and after she spends some time with him, she finds out that he is an FBI agent, James Quinlan, and... Then his partner, Dylan Savage, get involved, and they help protect this woman while they try to find out who who really did kill her father because it wasn't her and why all of them, all of her family members, want her to think that she's crazy. And there are a couple other murders along the way that she convinces the people in this town that really happened. They... She heard screams in the night, and they told her she was just imagining, and it was a really good book. There's all kinds of twists and turns in it, but you find out that this Sally, she's not crazy at all, and it was very good. And once again, that's The Cove by Catherine Coulter, and it is DB42271. Let's uh, bring on Jane. How's it going, Jane? Yes. So I want to just say something about The Cove. That was one of Catherine Coulter's earlier books. And the thing that you forget about it is that all these old, fart, old folks, <clears throat> you know, they came across as just good people. They love their ice cream. They meet at the city center. It's social. It was just crazy. I was just so enamored with that, the fact that at that at, I read that when it first came out. So that would have been maybe 20 years ago, just a long time ago. I was much younger than I am now. And I thought, how could old people do these things? But they could, and they did. Um, some of her other um, savage books, uh, who, who are the other um, characters? They're just really good. As they come forward, they get a little more predictable and um, prescriptive, I think. 
but those early ones are remarkable. They're just really good, good times. Hard times had by good people. Anyway, that's it for that. Okay. It does a really good job with the characters. And like you said, the people in that town are so goofy. <laughs> so, Nolan, what are you going to bring forth this week? I mentioned a few weeks ago on this call that that I was going to do a lot more with nonfiction in 2024. And in that spirit, I am thrilled to, re to recommend to you Lee and Grant, a dual biography by Gene Smith. This is G-E-N-E -E Smith. So it's a, a male gene. Yeah. Um, there is no order number because you can't get it from Bard, but you can get it from Bookshare. I discovered that only after I bought it from Kindle for $3.21. But it was still a really good $3.21 to spend. This is a magnificent biography of, as you doubtless guessed, Ulysses S. Grant and Robert E. Lee, the two great Civil War generals who faced one another and dealt with uh, so many things in their time. Um, it's This is highly readable. It's not full of a bunch of dense dates and names and numbers. The chapter 16, I believe it is, or 17, I guess it is, that focuses on all of the Civil War battles um, is probably as, as dense as it gets. You're going to spend some time in those battles. That's a long chapter. But on balance, this is a magnificent compare and contrast study of two remarkable men. One, a highly uh, highly intellectual guy with a lot of aristocratic behaviors and uh, dressed well, always dressed to the nines, um, much beloved by the people of the South. The other, a rather unassuming, uh, somewhat short guy, a little sort of dumpy guy, not, not very, not very, uh, accomplished look at him on the street and think he's just a, a nobody. And, uh, yet it is he, the, the short guy, the, the, the smaller guy whose clothes were always mud spattered and who he looked like he'd come out of the rag bag. It is he who ultimately, uh, carried the destiny of the United States in his hands and and allowed it to survive as a, as a free nation without slavery. He's the one who, of course, of the two, is my personal favorite. Although this biography did a great deal to make me feel warmer toward Robert E. Lee. I, uh, I don't have a lot of patience with people who see him as this heroic, Christ-like figure who would have saved the South if, it only, if he'd only had a few more months or a few more this or a few more of that. Um, I just personally don't buy it. I think that the, the burden of slavery is so, was so heavy that I don't know that you could save a country under that burden under any circumstance, but in any event, uh, chapter six deals with Ulysses Grant's failures between the Mexican war and the beginning of the civil war. And if you can read that and, uh, not blink, if you can read that and not feel any emotion, you really need to talk to somebody who can help you with your mental health issues because they're clearly severe. And um, 
you you just can't there's unless you are absolutely overcome by and under the complete control of satan or something i don't know what it, what it would take you can't read that chapter without getting a lump in the throat occasionally maybe even blinking back the the errant tear as you read about poor grant just failing in business after business the collapse around him everything he tried came apart came unraveled his dad wouldn't give him money old folks he knew in the military would walk across the street to avoid him in st louis they didn't want him anywhere near them it just hurts your heart to read and you you just wanted to time travel and put an arm around the, those slight shoulders and say buddy it's going to get better you'll see you're going to be okay through it all his love for julia dent absolutely held supreme the marriage held together throughout the entire lot their lives nobody loved her more than he did and he he uh, she had a severe visual impairment some sort of strabismus kind of stay uh eye eye condition whatever it was and uh, she wanted to get them fixed once he got into the white house because she was feeling like maybe she was uh, a social burden to him and he would say things like, I love your eyes exactly as they are. I, I have always loved them. I don't want you to do a thing to change that. That was a, a romance that's, uh, that, that gladdens your heart to read about. The entire, <clears throat> the entire biography is highly readable. Some of it is dense, but most of it is not. Most of it you can get through. And I really very much enjoyed it. Again, it's called Lee and Grant a dual biography by Gene Smith, and it's available on Bookshare. It certainly is, because while you were reviewing it, I went and got it. So it certainly oh, is good. on Bookshare. Oh, good. Well, I really think you'll enjoy it if you like that kind of book. I, I love those kind of books, so I'm sure right. that I will. Yeah, I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it down the road. <clears throat> we will do that once I finish it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, we, we have no we have no hands. So, oh wait a minute, no wait a minute. hands, goodness. Yes, we, we got we one. Have... Jane, go ahead. So, I do want to know if that book, if you know, if that book will come out on Bard. Um, I've read a lot about General Grant and it's, General okay. Lee. And, it's never uh, coming out on Bard. Yeah. It was released in 1985, and oh, if they haven't done okay. it since then, they they're won't. never gonna. Yeah, okay. that's too bad. Yeah. If it's valid history like that, um, yeah, it, well, I, can I, I skip to a nonfiction book I want to recommend, or shall I wait? I think you have the floor, so Go carry right on. Ahead. Okay. Yeah, carry on. So, so Nolan, I sent you an email a little mm -hmm. bit ago with my absolute favorite series to recommend, right. but the nonfiction book I'm going to recommend, given that it's bleak midwinter in most country, is the... Um, the Ship Under the Ice, um, and I've, I emailed you the information, and I don't mm -hmm. have it in my head, but it's about Shackleton. Hold on. <laughs> and his, his um, vivid, challenging determination to make it uh, to the South Pole and to figure a lot of stuff out, and they got stuck in the ice. The ice froze them in place. And uh, the order number is one one seven two five eight. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it, it's it's a remarkably well written uh, biography of that situation and those who survived. Not one person died. 
although the the heroic effort to survive, I, I I don't know if I could have survived it. Anyway, they got stuck in the ice and they were frozen. And then later on, they were able to get out. Um, one person or one, three little ship boats at a time um, and get to uh, better ground. But it's, it's a traumatic account um, of actual events that happened. And so I recommend it. Um, I've, I've looked at it and I kept thinking, Ugh, mm, do I really want to go there? And I did. I'm humbly glad that I um, got through it. Um, it. It takes a lot of being afraid and then being fearless enough to do brave and, and do what you have to do. So I found it a remarkable nonfiction book. And then the series I'm going to recommend, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but if anybody wants, email me and I'll send you the list of the Bregdon Chronicles in reading order. And uh, it starts just before the Civil War and it takes you through the Civil War, but mostly it focuses on Reconstruction and if there isn't a time in our history that doesn't remind me of today in our country, I don't know what is. But the issues they faced around equality, around different immigrant groups coming into the country, different issues around trying to keep the Blacks in the South enslaved under different names. We surely never got that history when I was in school. And I wish we had, but um, it's the, it's a remarkable series. She, she does a superb job of characters who are alive and as limited or fallible as any of us who survive extremely difficult situations and um, step up by hook or by crook <laughs> to get through. So it's it's a very fine series. I've never read another series from start to finish before without gaps between. But once I started this series, I, I read one of the later books first and thought, oh, I didn't, how did that happen? What happened to get her there? How did they do that? Then I went back and started at the beginning and I read straight through. There are about 20 volumes now and Ginny Guy will continue writing forward into our history. She doesn't leave any significant historical situation out. Every issue shows up and it shows up accurately, both as an individual issue, as well as in its rapport with other issues going on. It's just a really superb series. So there. Thank you. Yeah. There. Uh, we've got a piece of email from Evan, I can only hear Bill Sparks audio. Everyone else is dead air is I don't know that I ask, are you listening via a smart speaker or some other or, or what? And I haven't gotten a response, but, uh, there's some kind of problem with your listening to a smart speaker. I know because someone told me that they just hear static or something. Well, that's really sad. Okay. Gregory, come on in. 
Uh, good afternoon. I uh, um, have a series to recommend uh, today. Uh, number one, Nolan, um, I'm glad you got your technical issues fixed. Uh, a friend of mine and I that have dealt with so many technical computer issues have a our our, our mutual motto is once we, you know, we we, we take on these series and uh, are these uh, issues and. We think, oh, we'll knock this out in 10 minutes. Well, three hours later, we're looking at each other like, so whose yeah, idea this, was this? You know, this defeated and, me entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. but our, our uh, motto is it's better to be lucky than good. That's so, for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so there yep. you are. Uh, the, but I, I, I have started uh, reading a series by Deborah Crombie, D E B O R A H. C-R-O-M-B-I-E. It's a uh, Inspector Duncan Kincaid and Gemma. Uh, uh, James. Gemma, James. Yeah. James, yeah. thank you. Ha, yeah. uh, series. And uh, the book that I'm talking about today is, is not the first in the series, but it's most, one of the most interesting because uh, it's, it's called Water Like a Stone. And it talks about... Uh, Duncan and Gemma taking their family to Duncan's family's home in the in the, uh, Cheshire, I think it is in England. And I like the series because it's it reminds me a lot of uh, of the uh, Alan uh, Banks series and mm -hmm. those those carefully written uh, uh, you know British uh, procedural. Uh, things which it mixes work with family and it's just this series talks a lot about the inland canals in britain they were sort of like the railroads and they connected everything and and but the inland canals had what they called narrow boats the boats were only seven feet wide and about 60 feet long and they transported freight and people lived on the and worked on those boats and were sort of like gypsies uh, that nobody wandered them around, but they were necessary. And they, they figure largely in this, in this particular book. And, uh, the, um, um, the catalog number is DB six, five, five, one, four. Uh, and it's, it's a, I, I really like the series. Now I did start, I'm, I'm a big series reader. So I, uh, and that's the the big blessing of, of Bard is I, I began reading when you ordered books from your library and they sent you what they had available, which showed up in whatever order it was. So yeah. you, you read things higgledy piggledy. And uh, <clears throat> so I am so happy to be able to start at the beginning and, and see how a writer develops the, and, and, and sometimes they, they, do well and, and then sometimes you'll hit a book and you'll think boy did they stub their toe on that book you know but you and you go on and uh i took nolan's advice and skipped the book that had a lot about uh um uh, what do you call that not witchcraft but uh, uh yeah sort of supernatural magic. supernatural Ghost. thank you yeah yes yes and uh so i i haven't read that one but it was about glastonbury that's what it was mm -hmm. and uh but it's That's fine. So that's all I had to say. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. I have not yet read that book, so you've given me a good reason to, to want to move forward in that series. Hopefully we have things maybe maybe fixed. It was a Zoom issue, and hopefully if anyone, if it's working, please let us know. Okay. Uh, Joshua. 
is next. Hello, uh, you guys should be able to hear me, correct? Yes, correct. you're doing great. You're doing okay, great. Okay, um, I got to say, talking about uh, nonfiction books, um, uh, there's a gentleman, he's passed away, uh, he's an author, his name was uh, Charles Wolfe, and uh, he he writes, he wrote, he wrote a lot of books about um, uh country history of country music he wrote a book about the uh history of the grand old opry called a good natured riot um and he wrote a book that's it's called um when i was at the school for the blind a good friend of mine uh recommended it to me it's just it's just called classic country and it was written i think in about like 96 or 97 and it goes all the way back to the 1920s and it and and it go and it has different categories um and it basically talks about all these very very obscure people that people people that i people that i had never heard of i never heard of people like uh i never heard of charlie pool i'd never heard of uh get tanner and the skillet liquors i'd never you know i <laughs> never heard of uh uh, not much about Uncle Dave Macon, or you know, people that are, or they are like, or the Blue Sky Boys, or the Monroe Brothers, or the Delmore Brothers, pe people that you know, I'd never heard of before, and mm -hmm. I got to hear a little bit of brief biographies about about them, and it was it was a very interesting book, and the fun thing that I used to do is I would go on YouTube uh, before I got my smart speakers and see if I could see if I could find what some of these uh, early groups sounded like. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this old stuff, I, I don't particularly like it, but for, for historical value, it's, it's, it's very interesting, but a lot of the older country, the musicians were passable. The singers were not, you know, the fiddles were pretty scratchy. I mean, they could play the instruments, but I mean, I've, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's interesting how they, uh, how the how the music progressed. And uh, that is a book that I do recommend for nonfiction, classic country. The DB number is DB five, six, seven, eight, zero. That's five, six, seven, eight, zero. And I believe uh, Gregory Gordon narrates the book and he, he does a good job. Good. Um, that's a, that's a nonfiction book that I, that I, that I recommend. I have read so many series um, that, that, it's, that it's hard to find a series that I'd say is my all-time favorite, favorite series. But but um, a series that I, um, uh, that I have uh, read and enjoyed, um, I intend to reread it this year, um, uh, is a series by... Uh, Catherine Anderson hmm. and they're and and they're all four of these books on Bard. Uh the first one is the first one is is Keegan's Lady. The next one the next one is um is Early Dawn. The next one is Summer Breeze and the fourth one is Lucky Penny. Um I do have the DB numbers but I'm not I haven't looked them up. They're all hmm. on Bard if you look uh Catherine Anderson you could you could find um, all they're they're um they're kind they're kind of they're they're, they're, they're kind of they kind of like romantic westerns, mm -hmm. uh you might say so they're kind of like western romances, uh take place in like eighteen nine early eighteen nineties Oregon, um 
and they're and they're 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 they're, they're a good series. They're not really, there's not really any any gunfighting or anything like that, like you'd see in typical westerns. But mm-hmm. it's it's uh, the characters get into a lot of very interesting situations, and uh, you know how um, in the fourth book of the series, Lucky Penny, this lady, she worked at this uh, dressmaker shop as a seamstress, and she kept saying that. Hush, Lily. I apologize about the dog. Um, uh, this this lady, she um, she kept saying that her husband was was a guy named, named David Paxton. Oh, um, I'll, uh, I'm I'm sorry. I got I got to I got to de- I got to de- deal with the dog. So okay, that's my thing. thanks, uh, Josh. Appreciate it. Good re- good recommendations. We've been let's, uh, let's go to uh, Jonah Quick, quickly before next. we do. Evan writes back to me saying, "You whatever you did, you have fixed the." The problem he's able to hear all of it good there you go jonah go ahead well unfortunately the series that i am reading right now is not on board i know bookshare has a lot by this author but i got the series from audible um but I'm hoping that Bard will put some of her stuff up. The author, I don't know if anybody in here has ever heard of Marie Force, but yep. she has so many good books. It's kind of like a mystery and detective um, author. But the series that I'm reading right now is called the First Family Series. And it is, it follows a family who gets to be uh, the the man gets promoted the president of the United States. And I don't, I mean, it's weird because it talks about history and all that, but nothing in there tells me who that this guy was ever the president of the United States of America. But in this book, he is, um, his name is Nick Capano. And he inherits the office of the presidency because somebody assassinated President Nelson. And it goes on to talk about his family situations and being in the White House and all of the Secret Service protection that is required. They have um, three, they have three children actually three children and then one that's living with them in the White House, but none of them are their biological children. The lady, um, who is the first lady now, who's his wife, is a detective. And so she is constantly looking for murderers and and trying to solve cases while being the first lady. And of course, they're getting a lot of a lot of flack from from that they want her to quit her job and she doesn't want to quit her job but there's just a lot of twists and turns and I think there's like six books but I've not been able to find any books on Bard by Marie Force they're all on Bookshare but nothing on Bard okay well thank you for that that sounds like a great recommendation uh, I have read Marie Force, but I can't remember where, under what circumstance. 
Dale is next. Dale, come on in. Hey, morning there. Uh, good afternoon. No one in the group. Hey, I was like I was saying in the one text message I sent on the on what they call it, the uh, message box there. I was hearing everybody. Okay. But I guess it probably had to do with somebody's speaker not working right or yeah, something. It was, yeah, it was, what it was was a smart a speaker. A smart speaker. If you're yeah. in Zoom, you were fine. But if you were listening on the smart speaker, you had the issue. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, just first question here. Does this book share cost anything? I was I was just stumbled onto their website. and uh, But I, I was going to check it out. But if it's going to cost, I don't know. I might shy away. Which website is this, Dale? Bookshare.org. Bookshare. Oh, unfortunately, uh, it does cost in some states, yes. Yeah, unfortunately, oh. it does. Oh, it does. Wow. The, the advantage to Bookshare, and I think you'd agree with this, Nolan, the advantage to Bookshare is it has <laughs> a wider selection than Bard typically Oh, yeah, does. by far. Yeah. Yep. yep. Right yeah, on. It's, uh, I just it's, happened to step onto the website and I typed it, put it in a, a little note there, and uh, the bookshare.org is too bad right. they don't have a phone number or anything. I can no, call it's them, hard but... to hard to talk to a human being. Um, no it's... kidding anymore. <laughs> anymore, yeah, yeah. And another another question I had uh, I had thought about this book I I checked out of our local library. It's a small print book. It was called. Uh, I'll quit tomorrow, but I was looking for the author's name. If anybody knows that one, I will see if yeah, oh. I have access to it here. Uh, hang on a second. Um, searching, searching real quick. Um, and are you on your book share right now? I'm on Goodreads, actually. I'm looking at, at what Goodreads says. Oh. And I'll check to see if Bookshare has it. it is this yeah, I'll Quit Tomorrow, A Practical place. Guide to Alcoholism Treatment? Is that the book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let me go. We can look here. No, I don't want to go into treatment, man. I've, I've uh, had friends and family going in them places. and then, Yeah. It's not uh, for me. Okay. I'm not really I'm ready for that. While you're looking for that, Nolan, should we hear from Sherry and then you can tell us? Okay, you... yeah, I'm going to go ahead and mute out and I'll okay. uh, let you guys back okay. to it. Okay, and you Nolan, Nolan will get Nolan will get, answer your question, though, in just a second. Sherry, go ahead. Oh, okay. I'll okay. mute out. I was just going to say that there are, I just looked it up because I knew I'd seen her on the newly added books before. There are about eight books by Marie Force on Bard. Okay. Yeah, Dale, she... that book is on Bookshare. It's there. How does she spell her last name, Sherry? Just like Force, F-O-R-C-E. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. That's how I spelled it. But yeah. Did you see who it the looks author? Like it's, it looks like it's that, that series. Yes. The name is Vernon E. Johnson. Just very conventionally spelled. J-O-H-N-S-O-N. Good old Goodreads, man. You can find stuff. Okay, in there. any let's go. Let's bring on uh, Gregory. Hey, Gregory.
Can't hear him. There yeah, we go. He, there oh, he there is. is. There he is. Okay, I was messing around with the settings here. Um, I just wanted to tell the person that was asking about Bookshare that if they have a, um, a cooperating NLS library in their state, you can call, from what I hear, you can call that library now and get a free subscription to Bookshare. It's a state-by-state state issue. Some states yeah. do it and others do not. So Yes, that's what I kind of yeah. figured. So that's, You're right. That's why at least it's worth a phone sure call is. to ask. Yeah. It sure is. I couldn't agree Very more. Good. You're right. Uh, they've just opened it up in Ohio a few few months back, as I recall. And uh, I was thrilled when it happened here, but not every state does it. So. Uh, Deborah, come on in. Okay, Deborah is having an issue unmuting, so I'll send it again. But go go ahead, and then when she gets you back, want me to... yeah, if you want to do it, Bill, go ahead. Okay, I just sent it, so maybe. Okay, we'll continue, and then she, if she gets the same unmuted, issues I had last week. Well, could be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tap that F six key and make sure you did. You already have acknowledged that this is being recorded. Once you acknowledge that, you'll be able to unmute yourself. Okay. Wait a minute. Maybe she's. Yes, that was exactly there, she there you are. There I'm so sorry. Um, I just wanted to say a little bit more about Bookshare. I have noticed that Bookshare is likely or far more likely to have books that are not audible of any kind. Yes. Then, and that makes it worth it in and of itself. It sure does. Um, yeah. it, even though if you are, unless you do Braille, the it's a, like a generated voice. And so it's not particularly thrilling reading all the time it's mm -hmm. at least reading and you can't get the book that you're dying to have sure yeah so yeah and they no, and they normally is. and they normally get the book fairly quickly too they do indeed these days Especially I remember the when, ones that are... when we were volunteers and a lot of us would scan in books hour after hour after horrible hour <laughs> and we would get uh, credit 50 cents of book off our membership for the coming year and uh my daughter and I one year scanned in a bunch of children's books and provided verbal descriptions of the graphics. Wow. And I earned my $50 <laughs> annual fee <laughs> by submitting that many kids' books. That's a cheap way to do it, but it worked. Joshua, go ahead. <laughs> Hello. Um, I just want to mention uh, Bookshare. Um, one, one really, really nice feature that I like about Bookshare that I don't know if a lot of people know about, but this is really nice. I know people were kind of a little upset about them, about them changing, about, you know, increasing their price last year. But I got to say, one nice thing I like about it is, let's say that you've been a member for, let, let's, let's say you've been a member for 10 years, and let's say you find yourself not using Bookshare as much as you used to one year. Well, mm -hmm. all you do is if you, when it comes time for you to pay your subscription, 
you don't have to. Right. So then let's say another year goes, two years go by and you say, well, I, I want to get in Bookshare again. Well, mm -hmm. all you do is just log, log in. Your username and password are still good. There will be. You log yep. in again, go to renew subscription. You, you, you put in your credit card information and you pay your, and you pay your, uh, you pay your fee and you and you're good to go. You're back in business. You're good to go. You know, yep. now, now a lot of services, you can't, a lot of paid services, you can't do that. No, that's true. I mean, you, you can't do that. So it's that's not, right. so if somebody is a Bookshare member and, and you don't, you don't know if you're going to use it, I'd, 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 I'd say get it and, mm -hmm. you know, and try it for a year or two. And then if you don't use it for one, two years, I don't know how, I don't know if you could do it for like 15 years or it might be an issue, but, but I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like you have to use it consistently. I mean, it's not like it's imperative that once you paid for it, you have to use this all the time to get benefit from it. I mean, it could be something you might pay for and say, hey, there, you know, there's three books I want to get this month. But, you know, a couple more months, there's, you know, 25 books you want to get. I mean, it all it all depends. I mean, there's so many choices worth of books and. I mean, it doesn't have everything, but I mean, it's got a lot. I mean, and with text to speech, like with voice stream reader that I use on my phone, I could download a book and mm -hmm. I've, I've got a probably 20, 30, 20 or 30 different voices to choose from American, right. British, Australian. Right. I mean, you can really get a good, you can really get a good mood for if you're reading a read, you know, historical romance or, a mm -hmm. you know, a thriller in Australia or, you know, mm -hmm. You know, book takes place in India. Even they've got India voices. Sure. I mean, you can any anything you want. I mean, Texas right. speech has just gotten better and better sure over has. the past few years. I mean, in a really interesting way. I yes. mean, I know some people say, you know, I don't read text to speech. But I don't read anything that's not human read. I'm thinking, well, these days you might want to reconsider that because Very true. I mean, they they're really. I mean, it's it's really surprising. It's I amazing. mean, yeah. we don't we don't have access to all of them, but I've heard like some of some of the like Microsoft One Core voices. I mean, some of those voices are really, really, really good. Yep. I mean, there's it's it's kind of neat. I'm a big fan of Microsoft Ariel. She reads oh, all yeah. my web pages to me in Edge. I just she's really good. You're right; those those voices are phenomenal. In and we're we're seeing a new spate of AI voices coming out now that are just excellent as well and i think more time the more time that goes on we're going to be you're going to be expected to listen to more voices like that if i'm an audiobook narrator i'm scared for my job at this yeah. point <laughs> don come on in okay i just while we're talking about bookshare um i can recommend a book that is very hard to describe um and i the the writer is ashley olston i think it is o-l-s-t-o-n and it's called First Lie Wins. And I actually was interested to see how the author described it. And the first words out of her mouth was, the less I said, the better. Um, <laughs> because it really is, it, it, it follows that all too common scenario nowadays. She's not an unreliable narrator, but there are a lot of things that you don't know that you find out as the book goes on, she is employed by someone who gives her jobs to do that are not, let's say, not on the up and up. And she she gets involved with a new job 
and things happen. The best I can say is everybody that was reading it, I, I learned about it through the Reader's Digest book club, and everybody that read it said that they could not put it down, and they also could not figure it out. What I liked about it, too, is some of them are so, so much goes on that you can't keep track of it. And I didn't have that problem with, with this book. But the reason I bring all that up, I mean, I'm glad to recommend it, although I wasn't planning to. But this is a book that when I read that they were doing it, I thought this is not going to be available because the I read about it on January 2nd of 2024, and the copyright date was January 2nd. 2024, and I opened up Bookshare on January 2nd, 2024, and downloaded it. That's amazing. Wow. And again, tell me the name of the yeah. book again. I'm sorry. It's called First Lie Wins. Okay. You would love it, Nolan. You really would. Right. It's just very hard to describe. I, I don't do. I don't like to give too much anyway. You know, I'm. I'm. I know. I'm yeah. the opposite of you. I don't want right. to give anything, and then nobody wants to read it. Yeah. But yeah, this that's, one. That's my. This problem. one is really difficult because so much of it is in the way that it unfolds and the way that the pieces ultimately connect with each other. The author, um. Actually, I'm anxious. They're doing a, a discussion with her, and I submitted a question. What I wanted to know, this is her first foray into adult literature. She has written a bunch of young adult books, and I'm really, I'm hoping they will ask my question, because what I want to know from her is how different is it? What kind of planning, how did she approach it differently for an adult audience? I haven't read her young adult work, I probably will, only because now I'm intrigued to see. And she did, apparently she did some romances and some mysteries for young adults. And I'm really curious to see what those are like, just based on the fact that I loved this one. Thank you for that. I'm going to go download that from Audible since I have a bunch of extra credits to get rid of. Yeah, you'll find it on Audible. You will. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good, Thank God. You. Thanks. And we are caught up with hands. So who's next? Oh, let's see. Maybe, maybe you are. Okay. I'm good for it. Um, um. Incidentally, his book that he that he just that Don just talked about is Ashley Elston E L S T O N I don't remember if we mentioned that here it doesn't matter but if you're taking notes not a bad thing to have a hold on all right so um my birthday was last month and I got to thinking about my old friend JR and I thought you know I'd always hear from him on my birthday <laughs> it's just regular as clockwork of course he hasn't been with us for four years now or three, it's a little over three, I guess. So I thought, can I do something that in some way connects his memory to my current birthday, my life here? And he was a great science fiction fan. He loved the stuff, read a lot of it and was in my judgment, a real expert in, in terms of science fiction. He understood the genre well, and he especially loved the old stuff, the, 
the golden age science fiction stuff that people probably don't read much of anymore. Um, so I got I found a book that I thought would kind of connect him to me and and read it a few months, a month or so back. This is called Mission of Gravity. The author is Hal Clement, C-L-E-M-E-N-T. The order number, if you're eligible to download books from the National Library Service, is DB12118. Once again, DB12118. This is narrated by Robert Donnelly. And those of us who are of a certain age will know that Robert Donnelly was one of the greats of, of his time, in my judgment at least. I used to love to listen to books that he would narrate. He was just that good. And um, the restoration to, uh, the conversion rather, to digital was fantastic. Whoever did this just really knew what they were doing. The, the sound quality is absolutely stellar. You don't have any crosstalk. I I bet this may have been a record or something. I don't know. I can't prove it, but uh, I'm never going to know. But my point is the quality of the audio is really outstanding. Um, so he did the narration in 1978. So this one's been around a while. Hal Clement wrote the book sometime in the 1950s. So it's, it's really been out there. Um, here's the story. Clement transports you to a planet called Mesklin, um, which is an interesting planet because it has 700 times the gravitational pull of earth. So human beings could never live there. Um, you just, there's no way you'd make it. There are a tiny race of aliens or a smaller race of aliens who have adapted to that gravity and who have learned to live with the cold on that planet. The oceans are frozen methane. And when it snows, it snows ammonia. Nasty smell, I should think, but uh, I guess if it's a good way to clean your floors, if you left the windows open, I don't know. In any case, humanity needs certain resources that the planet Mesklin has, and the humans and this alien race, if you will, or group, become friends over radio, of all places. And so they have no visual images, and at least initially, and they forge a friendship uh, that enables the two groups to to, uh, to, to achieve their their purposes in other words the humans get what they need the people on mescaline the people the aliens on mescaline get stuff that they need in order to further their exploration of the stars um it's a really fun book and it explores the concept of what happens when two groups of individuals who are extremely different from one another in every way you can think of come together and build a bridge to one another and accomplish things that they might not otherwise have done. Uh, the, this, the world building here is fantastic. The planet Mescaline is a bowl-shaped world, so gravity is weak out on the rims, but it's really heavy down in the bowl. Um, it's a great examination of what human-alien human relationships could look like uh, in a successful arena. You know, it's it's just a lot of fun. It was a great way to connect to the memory of an old friend, and I I do recommend it. Again, it's called Mission of Gravity, DB12118. The author is Hal Clements.
Yeah, this is Dale again. Uh, I typed in uh, 12118, and I am not finding it on Bard Mobile or Bard. Uh, I don't know if I'm missing a digit it. or what here. No, you're, it should be there. Uh, hang on. 12118. I'm doing the same thing yeah. from the website. I'm not using right. Bard Express. Uh, and it's showing three books. Well, I'll search it again, but I'm getting zero. There it is. Yeah, it's Mission of end. Gravity, DB12. 118 and it's there it's um what uh, what do i do type the db in front of it i'm you do not problems. yeah do not do the db in front just use the numbers one two that's, one one eight that's what i typed in and i'm not Man, i don't know brother i i don't know what the hell's going on i don't know i'm sorry uh well i can search out mission of gravity that's yes the, you can yep, that'll work in. too that'll work all right. Well, thanks, Nolan and uh, Bill yep. and the rest of the group. I want to thank you all for an outstanding. You guys are doing a bang up job with this fine book club, and I'm going to keep coming back as long as I get to. We hope uh, so. Participate. I'm going to keep participating as long as I can. Well, you're making a positive <laughs> difference. We appreciate yep. your coming. Thank you. Hell no! I got to get my hand down. I'm trying to get my. Uh, <laughs> I can get it for you, Sherry. Go ahead. All right. Take care. I wanted to say something about Robert Donnelly. So. I agree. He was one of the greats. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite authors is Leon Uris. I should say was, I guess he's deceased, but I still reread his books frequently. Right. And Robert Donnelly reads his book, Battle Cry, which was Uris's first novel. And it was loosely based on his experiences in World War II as a Marine. He joined the Marines after Pearl Harbor when he was 17. And the person mostly telling the story is a Marine sergeant who is in charge of this group of kids, new Marines that are going to become radio men and throughout their experiences in World War II. And Donnelly sounds just like you would imagine a tough old marine sergeant would sound yeah he's so good it's like i read it and think i wonder if he ever was actually a marine or a sergeant in some military because he just sounds like one when he reads he was a fabulous narrator and sadly i think a lot of his stuff was done you know on records and a lot of it didn't get transferred over to bard Can you tell me the name of that book again Battle Cry. Okay. It's a All very, right. very good book. I appreciate that. I will go look for it immediately. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad I show up to these things. I always come <laughs> away better off. How many good books? There's no way we could ever read them all. No. But you got to make a good stab at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joshua, go ahead. Super quick. Uh, Ray, um, Robert Donnelly, he he definitely was amazing, and yeah. it is unfortunate that some of his books are not on you know are not on uh, Bard. Like I said about a lot of narrators, but one of the one of the my first exposure to him, and this is on Bard, luckily, was the Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury. Awesome collection of science fiction. Oh yes. stories highly recommended, and he 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 did a he he he, he did a bang up job just to 
I mean, I mean, he's a really, really good job of, yes. of, of reading it. And that's, that's one that I'm, I'm so glad is, was on, uh, uh, was on Bard, and I, I, I need to get, I need to pull that out and reread those stories. But you know, you read stories like that, you, you won't, you won't soon forget them. That's for sure. That's exactly Ray Bradbury, right. Excellent writer. Yeah, I agree with you. Bradbury is one of the great science fiction guys of all of his time. Brilliant writer. I'm trying to look for a book number on Battle Cry to see if I can pull it real quick, but it's not. Well, while you're Dale, looking, we're glad you found your book. Yes, while That's we're looking, while you're looking for that, Nolan Jennifer, I suppose if you want to go ahead, we got about time for. I found one. it real quick. Okay. This is by Leon Uris. She mentioned that probably. That's last name is spelled U R I S. Um, the order number is. Come on. Uh, DB one five zero six five. So, um, yeah, that looks, this looks like a really good book. There's so many good ones. I, there's, there's no one will ever read them all. How have I missed this all these years? I have no <laughs> idea. Wow. This is right up my alley. <laughs> wow. Uh, hey, do, do we so have time to do one more. Who, who, who's got one more? Well, do we? Uh, I can do this one quick. Um, this was um, "City of Bones" by Michael Conley. It's all number eight in the Harry Bosch series, and and this one, there, Harry's called out to the crime scene where they find scattered bones that were. Um, dug up by the this that that were found by this man walking his dog, and the dog comes and comes back, goes up in the hills, and sh comes back with this bone, and they find out it's a child's arm bone, and they go up into the into the hills and find the bones of this child, and they the, when they do their their examination, they find out that he'd been abused and and likely murdered and and Harry goes out to try to find out who did it and and why cuz it's an old you know it's been several years ago that this happened obviously cuz there's no meat or anything left and just barely cloth and of course Harry he always finds a way to get in trouble with the with the higher ups in some fashion or another and and this book is no exception and he also sort of begins a romance with a with a rookie cop and and it was a pretty good book it it left me michael conley is very good at at making sure you don't know who did it until he's ready for you to to know and so it was the um, the book numbers are BR22532 and DB54156. Very cool. Nice job. So much more fun this week. Makes a big difference <laughs> when you can get in. Uh, yeah. They couldn't hear us. 
but we could hear each other, but we've got oh, that yeah. fixed now, and hopefully next yeah. week we won't have any problems. Are we going to do one more by you, or are we done? Your call, I show 559, so either Talk I can go you. over or we can quit. It's your call. Do it. Okay. Let's talk about, let me get there, The Night Stalker, a novel of suspense, a Jack Carpenter mystery. This is Jack Carpenter number two. The author is James Swain, S-W-A-I-N. And the book number is DB72252. Once again, DB72252. You do not need to have read book one in this series to fully enjoy book number two. Jack Carpenter is a guy who searches for missing children, and he's highly successful at finding them. Um, it stands on its own, but because this is such a good book, you'll actually go back and read the first one because that's normally what you would do. So he's a former cop, but he makes his living now finding missing kids. You'll learn some amazing information in here about how child snatchers, kidnappers operate. It's creepy and fascinating all at once, and it's worth your, your time. It really is. This is a serial killer on death row who, sar who summons Jack Carpenter to a, a, pit, a local prison. He has a request. He wants Jack to find his missing grandson. The kid was taken from the house three days earlier. Um, the cops are pretty sure that the serial killer had something to do with the disappearance. Jack says, no, I'm pretty sure he does not. And that's how the, the premise of this. I could not put this down. I took it with me. I have a shower speaker. I even, for goodness sake, slowed the speech down and took it with me into the shower and listened to it while I got myself all cleaned up for the day. That's a little extreme. I know that. I get it. But I couldn't help it. It was just that interesting to me. Um, before this ends, someone kidnaps the kid's mother, and now the case becomes doubly complicated. And uh, it, it becomes even more f interesting. The ending made this worth the time I spent with it. It was just really good. The time flew. I cranked Jack Fox up to 2.87x, uh, and he handled it nicely. It was a great, great uh, narration. All the professionalism you would expect from Jack Fox is in there, regardless of what speed you use. And it's in there. It's a good stuff. Again, this is called the Night Stalker, a novel of suspense. This is the Jack Carpenter number two, James Swain, DB um, 72252. Well, thank you very much and have a great week, everyone. We'll be All back right. next week. Computer's yep. working, I hope. Take care.